I'm ready, ready to start. Ready to jump into this thing? Ready to jump in. Did you already start recording? Just I now. hate when you do that to me. Just now. We need to plan something. Yeah, I, I don't I, I want it to sound natural. Okay, so yeah, I'm just, just start I'm just bumbling and talking and then you just like, Oh, I started. Me too. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm in the same boat. All right. No, because you you at least know when you start. Yeah, but it, that's the whole thing. Like if you don't know when it starts, theoretically that sounds most natural, right? <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, it's Monday afternoon, so happy Monday. It's yep. a good Monday new, afternoon. new week here starting. Last week was exceptionally rough for our family for a number of reasons. And this is this is the first time I've ever done a podcast in the afternoon. Yeah, it's a, it's a, <laughs> clearly our kids are home. Yeah, you can hear them in the background. It is spring break, so uh, all the children are home this week and last week, which added to the craziness. And um, we uh, tried to record at like midnight something last night and we were having technical difficulties so here we are happy monday everyone yep happy monday hope it's a better week for everyone yeah so last wednesday you um kind of unloaded a lot and i felt bad that we only had 20 minutes to kind of put that out there but i've kind of been meditating on everything you were saying um mostly because i think our podcasts are a time for us to connect a little bit you know sure. in a little ways like obviously we talk before and afterwards but but hearing you you know over the mic looking at you you know while we're talking over the mic knowing this is recorded i think we get a little bit of a deeper different um connection there so i've been really meditating on a lot of what you were talking about last wednesday and i wanted to know um if you wanted to share a little bit of how you think you've been doing since sure um well I mean, to be honest, okay, so what did we talk about last Wednesday? Um, what was it? You you were kind of just sharing that you feel like you, you know, you have, you have a lot, but at the same time, you don't feel like you have anything in terms of pur- purpose and kind of, kind of general fulfillment, general joy in your life, mm-hmm. um, even though outwardly you, you do have a lot. I think, I think we, ha- we both have a lot. Sure. And you just felt a little kind of lost in direction, I felt like. A well, bit. that was kind of my interpretation. Well, it's hard because it's a grind. You go to work and you take care of the kids. Did you go home and you have to clean the house or you, you have to put the kids down or, uh, it, you know, and you experience this too. Everybody experiences this. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a drag and you start to crave something away from normalcy. Yeah. You know, so well, you were kind of, I think, hitting a little deeper too. You yeah. Were like, what's my purpose being here? You know, like those are those are some deep, deep things to dig up and important things to dig up. I think. Yeah, they are important. It's it's exhausting trying to. How do I put this? It's. <laughs> <laughs> the Sorry, sound the kids of the kids screaming. <laughs> this is why we don't do afternoon podcasts. <laughs> okay, so it's exhausting because you want to make sure you want to make sure you're doing what's best for you and doing what's best for everybody else around you. Yeah. And like you said last night, you know, you 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 thought I was kind of white knuckling my way through life recently. Well, yeah, because you were saying, okay, well, I feel better than I did Wednesday because I'm just choosing to show up to work and I'm choosing to be joyful and I'm choosing. And like, yeah, there's a lot of 
power behind that, like affirmations. Affirmations, you know, are proven to, to make a difference, you know, when you mm-hmm. speak to yourself and kind of when you're choosing to have a better attitude, that does make a difference. But I feel like that's kind of surface level. I think that's kind of like you're just kind of at this point, you're like, oh, I'm just going to like clench my way, grip my teeth, white right. knuckle it my way through. And I feel like that's not that's but not it, like it's, a it's real exhausting. answer. It's exhausting to emotionally for me to really examine what's going on Mm. you know what i mean it's it's emotionally exhausting so i i i have a pretty good thing going going to work and coming home and you know okay so we just got a raise at work that's great you know it's like a 25 percent raise that's amazing it's it's great um it solved a lot of the the little issues we had with the right. job and things and, and things have been pretty good for the last two months yeah. with the job like all the things that i complained about at the beginning of this podcast for the last that the first couple episodes yeah all that's been fixed and we got a raise well so i mean before you think they're going above and beyond the raise is meeting us where right what, when the job was advertised, it was advertised for a very specific amount that we were yeah ninety five thousand, which we were looking forward to having. Right, and we um, were getting more like seventy seventy something. Yeah, and so now that the raise they gave us, they're meeting us at where the initial right advertisement and the initial interview told you you'd be getting paid. Exactly. So they're kind of making good on what so they promised. I bring that up to say that I've got a pretty good thing going on. Yeah. So to emotionally. To, 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 to really examine what's going on in my mind and in my heart uh, to figure out, okay, what makes me happy? What doesn't make me happy? It's kind of scary because what if it takes me down an avenue of, of not wanting to work? What am I going to do? You know? Yeah. If I'm just like, oh, you know, I, I just want to relax and I just want to stay home. That's what's going to make me happy. And I really just hate being at work. It's been pretty good at work, so I haven't hated it. But maybe that's just because I'm white knuckling it. No, that actually is a perfect um, example of kind of what what why the nines on the enneagram to go back to that why their major uh why every every number on the enneagram has like your virtue and your vice right your 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 gift and like your sin well, sure they, uh, vice and virtue in dungeons and dragons yeah that's that's what i said there's World another term darkness. for it in the book but i, I default the device on virtue but so the the vice uh, one of the seven deadly sins that they say in the enneagram uh for for the nine is sloth like laziness and it's not like couch potato type laziness but it's exactly what you just said it's like there's more i can do within myself there's some introspection that might need to take place there's some kind of deep-rooted mm. deep-seated things that i might need to figure out there might be some really like you know some soul searching that needs to be done and i'm afraid of what that might turn up so i'll just do nothing right it's that classic like you don't want to rock the boat you don't want to you know disturb what's already going good for you because maybe it's going to turn out worse in the end so you're just going to leave it yeah which the problem is that nine sit too long with those kind of things and then they get to a point where they're where maybe another two years from now you're like i'm not happy with anything and i haven't been happy with anything and now you've just been sitting with this unhappiness passively letting your life go by because you don't want to deal with something deeper right that makes sense yeah I, I guess with okay so in my life personally 
I, I'm going to use an analogy. It's like, um, it's like sprints in high school. Mm-hmm. The gym teacher says, I need you to do 100 meters right now. Mm-hmm. And you do 100 meters. And he says, now you need to walk for 20 meters. And then run for 100 meters. Yeah. And then walk for 20 meters. And the running part of this analogy is my work and putting the kids down to sleep and any other work that kind of keeps the household in order. Yeah. And then the walking is when the kids go to sleep and the house is relatively clean. Uh, And if the house isn't clean in the analogy, then I'm walking through the parts I'm supposed to be running. Yeah. And so it's exhausting just running those hundred meters. It's like some people might enjoy it, but it's exhausting. Of course it is. Yeah. So that's that's where I feel like I'm at. I, I'm in a place where I, I have to run constantly. But you also you but you were saying that you've lost a deep sense of joy and purpose mm-hmm. like that's like, yeah, the, the running could be exhausting. But if you if you have like a deep rooted sense of I have purpose here there's a I have a future or 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 I have a calling to this. It makes the running a little bit easier, I think. Sure. When you feel like you have a, a and I'm not saying that I necessarily do. I'm at this point I might be more distracted than I have time to sit down and examine my soul here. Uh, but yeah. but I think I would I would give you this analogy, right? What if what if a spouse came to you and said, "Oh my gosh, you know, things aren't going well with my wife or she, you know, she keeps doing these things and she doesn't understand that they're driving me nuts. And if I bring them up to her, I'm afraid she's going to leave me. So I'm just sitting in this unhappy situation because I'm afraid to bring up the issues. Yeah. Because she could leave me or it could make her marriage better if I brought them up. Right. So in that fear of the unknown, they, they choose to do nothing. And like what? Like in your case, if you if you're afraid to figure out kind of where you're at in like soul wise, like internally, right, where that where that sense of loss of direction and, and joy and peace has come and you're afraid to, to seek that out and maybe it's going to bring up something, an unwanted result in return, you're just doing nothing. And does that like like do you feel like that could be harmful in the long run? Yeah, I I think it's definitely harmful in the wrong wrong long run. The wrong long. The wrong run. Yeah. I do. Um But so what what would be your word of encouragement to the spouse that doesn't want to bring up the problems? Doesn't want to do the work that should be done? What would be your word of encouragement in the face of the unknown? I would I would tell them I would tell them when they do confront the issue, maybe they can confront the issue with a third party. You know? Like, <laughs> okay. Like, you go to a coffee shop with a trusted friend of the both of them. Hmm. And and that trusted friend doesn't say anything. It doesn't do anything. But it, it kind of kind of allows somebody to to uh, to soften the, uh, the emotions. You oh, know? I see. Yeah, kind of like a referee a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think subconsciously having somebody else there kind of makes people more respectful. It causes you to filter your response a little you bit. Know, yeah, like you can still be real because they're a close friend, but but just kind of okay. We need to we need to ground ourselves a little bit. I mean, that would be good if you feel like your spouse is the kind of person that's gonna like lose it. 
you know i don't think yeah but even then like do you think like if if we were having the issue do you think i would be the kind of person to like just lose it on you like oh no. my god like you know no i don't think so but but, um, to, but so i would do that and then i i don't know i mean I'm would in that you incur so i guess and, and it's not like i'm keeping any secrets from you no no i know i'm not i'm not i me might be missing the the point of my analogy is is kind of like if someone's standing on the brink of of deciding whether or not they should do something and they're defaulting to not do it because they're afraid of the outcome, would you encourage them to do it anyway? Yeah, I guess I would. And so how could you take that? Like, why? Why would you encourage them to do it? It, it depends what it is. Like, if like, a, like, if, like I said, with their marriage. Yeah, like if a guy's like... My wife is like been doing things or she's been... Yeah, you know, you know I'd be like, you, you, you got to let her know. You know, so why you have to let her know? Why do you have to open that because box? Because your quality of life could be better. Exactly. You know. Exactly. You just said it. So for you, translate that into your situation. So this, let me translate that into my situation. I want, I want to have like a church group and a people group that I can go to on a weekly basis, and just talk about life and kids and movies and the Bible and whatever. Mm -hmm. I wanna do those things. Mm -hmm. But the idea of doing anything more than I'm doing is exhausting. Mm. It's just, cause I go to work 55 to 60 hours a week and I come home and the house, you know, is a mess because we have four children. It's not because of you. If I were home alone, it'd be the same situation. The house would just be a mess because we have four children. Yeah. So that kind of gets to me because I like things in their place. I like things clean. And, you know, then you're prioritizing a lot of things that need to be prioritized for the family, like getting outside mm -hmm. or doing crafts with the children. Uh, so I don't really have a lot of time. So when I wake up on a weekend, usually we have to kind of keep the house in order by yeah. chasing the kids around, playing with the kids, doing crafts, taking a walk. And then they go down, uh, you know, we put them down and it's like 8.30, 9 o'clock when that happens. And then we sit and we're like, okay, so what do we need to do in the house? What has to happen? So it, it's it's so much work all the time. And then it you're is. like, oh, it well, is. we're doing this thing tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, so then let's do <laughs> I, it. I have not done that. I have asked you, I've asked you, do you want to do this thing tomorrow? We have an invitation to XYZ. Yeah. Would you like to go? And usually I say yes. <clears throat> you do, which you haven't liked that. You I have, don't you've like. You told me I don't like filling my weekends. So I don't I, like I, filling I, I'm, my I'm weekends. I'm completely leaving it up to you. I don't. But at the same time, you know, that feeling of, of not doing what's best for, for the kids gets yeah. to me too. We had a birthday party yesterday. Saturday. Yeah, uh, Saturday. I didn't. I don't want to go. I don't want to go to this birthday party. But there are guys my age there who have kids. I'd like to talk with them. And there are kids that are my kids' age there. I want them to play. And they had a great time. I yeah. took the kids. They had a great well, time. Well, and it's not that you didn't want to go because you didn't like the people. You just no. I'm just exhausted. You're just exhausted. I'm exhausted. No, you're exhausted, and that's the problem. Yeah. So. So so I'm like, no, I don't want to go. But the repercussions of 
not going ripple throughout the family. Yeah. You know, the kids don't yeah. the kids don't get to play with other kids. Uh, you don't get alone time. Yeah, I you know? actually stayed home that Saturday because right. that was you five days you, straight. You of... won't get alone time. And what kind of quality of time am I going to get for myself staying home anyway? <laughs> with, with four children four kids, yeah, and, yeah. you know, you'd be sour because because you wouldn't get alone time and that would hurt me because I'm like, I haven't given you proper time that I've gotten. Yeah. Well, so the, I'd, I'd yeah. resent myself because I'd be making you upset and I'd resent myself because I'm denying the children time with other kids and a pinata. Yeah. And a part of me is telling myself it's important to go out and talk with these other guys and other moms and just kind of fellowship, you know, fellowship with people my age. So I pu pushed myself to do that. And I mean, I, I had a pretty good time, but still, you know, I'm like, well, where does the time come in for me? So I, I've come to the conclusion that there is no time. You don't get time for you. You know? Yeah. You don't get time. This is not the time to sleep in. This is not the time to relax and, you know, go out and do what you want and come home and just go right to sleep. This is not, this is not the life we've built for now. Like we can get that later when the kids get older, but we don't have that now and we won't have that for a while. So that's where the white knuckling has come in, I think. But what about your, so all of that makes sense except if on the inside you're miserable i'm that's not miserable. a problem i don't think i'm if, miserable. if on the inside you feel like you have no purpose and no joy that's a problem yeah you know because I, I mean the position that we're in won't work unless we're okay and contented being here but if we're yeah. if we're having issues in being in this position then things need to change you know so so from my perspective we're making a huge huge sacrifice for you to have the job that you have right now because you yeah. working overnight is like just detrimental to our family life you know even on your three days off a week you don't get up until two o'clock in the afternoon right which is no fault of your own and basically instead like n the normal household daddy would come home what five six o'clock at night right. daddy puts the kids down to bed daddy has all weekend now normal quote unquote you know but all of Saturday, all of Sunday, daddy wakes up with the family, daddy goes to bed with the family, right? And so they, we would get a lot more of time with you if you worked normal hours, but you don't. So sure. even though you get quote unquote three days off a week, it's like a day and a half off a week. You're getting yeah. less time off because of your sleeping schedule. So we are making that sacrifice to make the income that you're making. Yes. And so we have two choices, I think. We can change your job so that you make potentially significantly less money, but we have more time with each other, with you, you know, with more a little more sanity in our schedule. Or we keep this higher income, but we have to start making priorities. We have to start putting money in places that will make the quality of life a little bit better. If you're gonna if you're gonna kill yourself and and, and really, really kind of slaughter our family time, our schedule right to, to, to make it as, as rough as it is right now for money alone 
that's going to end up being the death of us all. Right. So if we're willing to make this this sacrifice, I think we need to take the money and put it somewhere that's going to start bringing sanity to all of us. Sure. You know, so so like, like hiring like hiring a babysitter. Like, we we hire a girl, a Mexican woman named Esther. She's really wonderful. She's, we love her to pieces. The kids love her. I love her. And we, so, but we, like, let's start yeah, hiring her. She's great. Three days a week, four days a week. So guess what? The time that we do have together, that doesn't have to go to cleaning. Right. The time that we do have to get together, it's not I'm stressed out when we're together because I haven't had a break. I can get that break with her. You know, so, yes, right. is it going to cost us a lot more money? Probably it will. But our sanity means so much more. Our ability to enjoy this life, be content with where we are, make the sacrifices that we're making, that that has to come to a, that has to. I lost my train of thought. Okay, let I, me, saw, let me I saw ask you looking you at your post-it note. So let me ask you a question because I'm looking at my post-it note. Well, does, does that make you feel bad that you have the opportunity to do that? I was talking with my coworker in San Diego, and he said that the majority of families, um, they don't get any family time. The mom works and the dad works in San Diego just to make what we make. Yeah, I know. It's you know, crazy. the average the average household income in the state of California is 60,000. Everywhere else is 54. So, we're making almost $40,000 more than the average. Than the average, yeah. 30 some odd thousand more than the average. So, 30,000 more we live $30,000 more luxuriously than most people. So, it's a luxury to hire somebody to come to the house and clean. It is a luxury. And do the laundry mm -hmm. and whatnot to have a housekeeper and a babysitter all in one. Does that make you feel bad? Yes and no. You're opening a can of worms here I don't know if I want to get into. Okay. Now I can hear myself so much louder. Sorry, I'm messing with the mic and I don't mean to mess up no, it's okay. my voice. No, no, anyway. you're good. Um, <clears throat> yes and no, you're opening a, a can of worms I don't usually like you know, it's a, it's a long, I have a long winded well, it's, answer it's to a, that. It's a privileged but, life. Oh, it's extremely it's privileged. It's a privilege. What we privilege. live, like we, we can whine, I can whine all day about how, oh, I don't get time and well, I don't oh, know what yeah, to no, do. No, but it's, we live a privileged life. It's it's a hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent. We're extremely privileged, right? And I think that we make decisions that help in our finances and in our decisions, our our choices with our family to help make a difference you sure. know and use that privilege in a generous and we way work hard it's not like we're just sitting on our butts no. getting this money no 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 we do work hard i i think i think when it comes to comparing us to other families in america and the time that they get together i think what it comes down to is what you value right so take the average san diego family right Take the average San Diego family where both mom and dad are working their butts off to mm -hmm. make a, a, a house payment on a house that costs them $700,000 because that's like the average price in San Diego for something ridiculous, for right? something small. Yeah, for something small. In a bad small, neighborhood. Whatever. And you have to take a double mortgage for that, whatever it is. If that's... So, and, and I can't put everyone in a box because every situation is insanely unique, right? I'm not trying to stereotype in any way. But if, if that's the decision that that family has made, that they want to live in San Diego, that they want to have a house that costs that much money, that they want a double mortgage, I would say that they have to acknowledge the fact that they're signing up for much less family time, probably much less enjoyment, right? And, and there's a lot to be said for working your butt off for a house you never get to spend time in, mm -hmm. right? So like 
you have to think about that. What is your priority? If your priority is enjoying life or having a sense of purpose or having a sense of contentment, time with your family, time to yourself, time to improve, like to invest in yourself, then I would say living in San Diego, working two jobs, both, both spouses working a job is not the way to get there, right? And so I would probably say one of you needs to find a way to drastically increase your income um, which not everyone can do that. Thank God we had you chose we trucking. We had the opportunity. Trucking for you in a year, in a year's time, you've tripled our household income with choosing yeah. trucking. So that was when, before trucking. I think our yearly income was just under forty thousand. It was something like that. It, my income added adds about ten a year, but still, it's like, um, yeah. I mean, you've you've doubled. I guess doubled in a little extra our our household income in choosing trucking. So if you can make a, a decision like that, then that's a goal to work towards or move out of San Diego, move a little east, yeah. move a little north. You know, I don't necessarily feel bad, quote unquote, for families that get themselves in their positions, because I think finding happiness and finding what matters most most in life takes drastic decisions. It takes drastic choices to say, OK, my family means more right now. And my children growing up means more right now than how much money we're making or how big our house is. So we're going to do xyz to put them front and center right well, and it's scary it's, it's very, very scary, scary because I, I was an uber driver before before a trucker mm -hmm. and i did that i don't know how long a couple of years like two years two I think. years yeah we bought um, a car for uber we paid it off with uber it fell by your right foot the pen oh. fell by your right foot yeah i dropped my pen sorry um no i, I you know it's scary because because you have to do something way out of your comfort zone. Absolutely, you do. I had to go to trucking school through a company called CRST. And they treated me really, really well. But the idea of leaving you guys alone, and we had no money. Yeah, no, when, no when, when COVID hit, we lost all of our income, basically. As and an all of our savings. And all of our savings. We lost everything. Yeah, COVID. we lost everything. And so I remember sitting on the couch, staring at the carpet, wondering i just kind of felt like a bombshell went off i remember just feeling this emptiness in my heart and in my in our life in our in our family i said what are we go i don't i didn't know how we were going to get through the week in yeah. all honesty yeah like like i thought that too i didn't like, know what are we how gonna we were going to get groceries i've never felt so lost like right and just where because even if someone was like oh let me give you 100 bucks okay great i can get groceries this week what about next week like we had no future we had nothing right that so was a very I, scary week. I went to trucking school, but I, but even that was scary because I'm like, I'm not really making money. Going to trucking school, I'm not making money. You didn't make money for probably the first few weeks, but well, I, the I recruiter told to, us. I once, tried to Uber. I tried while to you Uber were in school, you Ubered a little school, bit, yeah. Which was, which was difficult. You know, I'd, I'd work eight to ten hours a day. Dan's breaking the rules. Hi. Dan's breaking the rules. What rules? What is she breaking? doing? Okay. Oh, tell, no. tell her to take him outside. Tell him to take her take it outside. That's our uh, oldest. That's Renton. But anyway, <clears throat> you know, I would I, I would work eight to ten hours a day at, at the school, and then I would Uber for a couple of hours, and it was just it was rough because I didn't really have time to study. But it, I had to leave you guys, and I was working for. Much less money than I thought I'd be making, you know? I'm telling her to do it, but she's not listening. Oh, she's not listening? Okay. 
let me let me go take care of this. You gonna pause it? No, no, no. You can no. keep talking if you want well, to. I think you should pause it. Hey, sorry about that. The kids needed some help. The bubbles are now outside. Yeah, bubbles are now outside. <laughs> so anyway, my point in saying all that is that I had to make a leap. We had to make a leap Huge in order leap. to change our income. Me being over the road as a trucker, making twelve hundred dollars a week. Well, we 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 chose to do the trucking. Um, it was funny because we we were we were so lost for a little while, and then you got this random phone call from a recruiter who was mm -hmm. like, "Come be a trucker." And I uh, always wanted to be. A, you a did. Trucker. I mean, you you've been talking about trucking school for years, and I was always afraid to do that because trucking school is like an eight to ten thousand dollar yeah expense Expensive. and crst would um give you trucking school for free, for free if you signed on to drive over the road with them for 10 months you know and so and so we you know it looked like the best opportunity we had and i remember i, I got on the phone with the recruiter and I, I spent like 20 minutes i was like how long will he be gone what days will he be home how much will he make when do the paychecks come in when's the pay period when's this when's that when will the first check come in when, how, when will we be able to control his home time? And can his home time be in any any state in the country? What if I'm in Rochester and I want him to be in? Just blah. I mean, <laughs> I drove that guy nuts. But we made that decision. And it wasn't just for the finances, even though it was a big part of it. It was because our future quality of life, I thought, would get a lot better. Yeah. Our quality of life having, once you came home from being over the road, you'd be able to get a job that would, you know, not be working as crazy hours as Uber was and not be as um uh just unsteady as uber was even in its good days uber was not very like dependable in terms of how much you'd make that week um and so we did that and i mean i think it's the best decision we've ever made in between us and, and our, yeah. for our family yeah to to have the courage for all of us kids included it was hard as hell to put put me over the road it was so hard for our income to raise so drastically, you know, we went from just under forty thousand a year to just under a hundred thousand. It was it was the hardest, year. best but hardest thing to to let you go for ten months. And now and then I got home. I took four months off and I got yeah. this job. And now, now finally, I'm back making the same amount I made over the road, and I'm home. Yeah, you're home. So but, it's paid off. That investment has paid off. But we're kind of, I know I'm starting to feel kind of like I did when you were over the road in terms of how overwhelmed I get with the kids. Mm -hmm. So again, we're at a point where we need to start adjusting things again. Do right. we change your job or do we start taking, you know, would we start making priorities to better our quality of life and the purpose that we feel like we have for our family and what matters most to us. I don't I don't think I should change my job just yet. I don't think you should either, but I think we need to start focusing on our quality of life and not not, just, not even just quality cuz life can be hard, right? Life can be really hard like you're saying. Running sprinting that 100 meters can be really hard, but if you have a purpose that's driving you, you can do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Olympians it's not it's not any easier for them to run the 100 meters than it is for you right we're all pushing ourselves to the extent that we can go but they have a purpose behind why they're doing it in training yeah and i feel like that that they have a drive they've there. been training i mean yeah they can run 100 meters casually and be fine well, like oh yeah i mean 
casually. Not if they're pushing themselves. I mean, if they're they, pushing themselves. If, if yeah. you're pushing yourself and they're pushing themselves, you will both be just as tired when you're done. Performance doesn't mean as much as like the energy sure. that you're putting into it. That's what I'm saying. You'll both be tired at the end. Both no, no one's gonna no one's gonna drive themselves 100 meters sprinting and be more or less tired than the next person if they're driving as hard as they can go. Mm-hmm. Now, how fast you do the 100 meters, that's where the training comes in. So what I'm saying is they, they're they okay doing that again and again and again because they have something driving them. They have a goal, a purpose, a desire. And I feel like if we are going through life without that goal, that desire, that purpose, that deep-rooted, I think, and it comes, it's a spiritual thing, finding what your purpose is, then you're going to run the 100 meters and be miserable. Yeah. Only looking for that 20-meter break in terms of your that's what i'm that's what i'm talking about i'm I'm running for the 20 minute 20 meter breaks and we have to figure out how how we can enjoy this the hard work too so well we have goals we have professional goals Mm -hmm. we want to get me in a truck and we're on track to do that within a year yeah yeah so we want to buy we want to buy garrett a truck so that he can then go over the road um, maybe three or four days at a time, but then be home right. for three or four days. And I think I would and just do... that would do, be the best if, schedule we could go if for. If you're curious, I think I would just do uh, intrastate California. So I would run like San Diego to like San Francisco and back to LA and then back down here. And I would just do I-5, just up and down I-5, doing jobs up and down I-5. That way I'm close to home and I can still be gone for three, four days at a time. Yeah, and then he can be home for three or four days, and you know, he'll make as much money or more doing that, and we'll have way more quality time for him. But that's that's a goal that we're working very hard to reach, which mm-hmm. is part of why we want to stay with this job, because it's helping us financially yeah. get to that goal. Um, what about the spiritual side of things? Uh, I was telling you last night, and I'll tell you now, I have kind of a resentment that's been built that I haven't really realized until recently. But there's this like there there's this resentment that I feel toward going to church. Mhm. When when I was a kid and I went to youth group and I went to church, I I I was very blessed to have an excellent youth pastor just the second the door opened. Hello. Maylin, we're almost done, baby. We're almost done, baby. Yes. What is that? What's what? <laughs> holding? I'm just holding the wire for the headphone. Where were we? Crisis averted once again. Once again. Malin, Malin came in wanting... Uh, something to do. Wanting something to do. So but we gave her another They're being game. exceptionally good, yeah, they in are. my opinion. All right, so church. You were yeah, saying anyway, that you feel... So I asked you... I have, I, I, so when I was a kid... You know, I was very blessed to have a really wonderful youth pastor who taught me how to how to understand myself on a spiritual level, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I haven't really seen that in church since then. Um, mm. And I've gone to church for many years. So, you know, it's it's hard to find authenticity, but that but that's a conversation for another time. Uh, he taught me how to really understand my spiritual self. And when I went to college, I took a lot of that knowledge and I applied it to my life. So every day I would spend time in the word and I would talk to God, I would pray. Uh, I'd really try to understand 
who God is. Yeah. And I got to this point where where um how do I put this? I got to I got to this point where um this is my, this is our oldest Renton. Renton hey Renton, can you say hi to everybody? Renton, you are not allowed in the office without asking. Where was the bee? Second crisis averted. <laughs> it wasn't a bee. It was there a fly. It was a fly in the living room. Zzz. Yes. Anyway. So anyway, as I was saying. Authenticity. Authenticity. It's it's hard to find that nowadays. You know? And, and you were saying in college, you you... In college, I would chase after God's heart. To put it in like a Christianese kind of <laughs> very Christianese term. term. I would try to know God's heart. And I got to a point where where I felt like I felt like I knew God's heart. You know? I think you felt secure totally in who secure. you were and what you were doing with your life, where your life was going, even mm. though you didn't have basically anything to your name yeah you're just a college kid didn't even a, have a job worked at a pizza place L yeah okay yeah, yeah later in the semester you did place. at first you didn't even have a job yeah. you know like well, you, i started at jc pennies but that's that was like a week there. that doesn't yeah. count i worked for a week at jc pennies yeah that doesn't count <laughs> under the name of Derek. anyway no i so one of these days we need to share how we met and our whole dating story because it's one of my favorite stories i will mm -hmm. ever know and I feel incredibly uh, amazed to have even experienced something as incredible as our, as our story. I think our story is something special, super right, special. But anyway. Anyway, um, when we were both in college, we went to a Bible college and um, we were super uber conservative Christian. Very right? conservative. Um, and that aside, I think that we had something at the time that I think whether you're conservative Christian or, or whatever else, religion or, or whatever Catholic belief you want to call Jewish yourself. Yeah, whatever. whatever it is. I think that there is a level of having a spiritual grounding, right? And a spiritual connection with a higher being, with a deity, with God, you know, that will put you in a place in life where you find a purpose and you have a contentment and you feel... I'm trying not to over Christianize this. Over Christianize it. We're, I mean, we're here talking about it. Whatever. I don't. I. I just. I. Because I mean, that's like, that's the way people can, like, have heard Christianity for for this generation, just over simplifying. I know. And I know. But the church it. just butchers it, and I, that's. To, all right, it does. To, to be honest, we don't even really go to church anymore because we I'm don't. just so irritated with the lack of authenticity and lack of just genuineness. I find right. in the church. So we're still Christians, but of course. That I mean, I. In, in the sense that I believe in God. That Jesus I, died for your sins. And I believe that there is a relationship he wants to have with us. Uh -huh. And I think that when you find that grounding in God and who he made you to be, there there is a, a, a purpose <clears throat> and a joy that comes with that. That doesn't really matter what you have or where you live or what you do or your income. Like that drive, that purpose, that meaning that you have will override everything else. Right. And I think that we had that 110 percent in college. And what was really shocking to me is I found someone else who had that same drive and meaning. And we found a connection in that that was rather supernatural, in my opinion. 
um really was i think it was really really crazy because i would i would pray regularly and i pray about you and i'd pray about you know possibly us dating and and god would god would show, i'm gonna sound like a nut but god would show me things um and just just give me feelings and senses in my heart that i would share with you and they would be spot on to something that god had just showed you or my favorite story is when you were i'm butchering our story but there was a moment when you were really distraught about something. We hadn't talked for a while, right? We were in one of those phases where we weren't really talking. And God was like, you know, Garrett, I had this like sense that God gave me that like, Garrett's distraught about this. Like, and I was like, oh, geez, I didn't, didn't even think about that. Like what, how, why he'd feel that way. And so I came to you and I was like, hey, you know, if, if this upset you, I'm sorry. And I wanted to share this with you. And you were like, you were like, I was just walking last night and praying and telling God how frustrated I am over that exact issue. You know, and it's like, like mind blowing. I feel like that's supernatural, right? I feel like that's a moment where, where suddenly mm -hmm. God brought a, something, a connection to the two of us that I don't think would have been there otherwise. And if that sounds nutty to you, I'm sorry. Well, it's real. But it's real. It's and I real. think that religion, I, throw religion aside, I think any belief in a God or spiritual being comes down to moments like that, where there is something supernatural that this world is not just empty, that there is a supernatural presence, a God, a divine being who can talk and communicate with us and reveal things to us through our senses, through our feelings, through our emotions, that, that, there's a, that there can be a revelation there, a sense of guidance, a sense of purpose, a sense of joy that, and I would, if, if that sounds so foreign to you, I'd even, I'd even say, just, just give it a try, you know, like open up your mind to, to, to in your heart to say, okay, like, is there a God out there? Like, I think I believe 100% you'll find a response. So back to my original question, we were very different people in college compared to who we are today. So you are sitting here saying, I don't feel like I have a purpose and I feel like I'm lacking joy and I feel like I'm just running this 100 meters and just white knuckling it and getting through. I guess in the face of, of, of what you used to believe or what, not that you don't believe that anymore, but what you used to value, what would you tell yourself now in the position that you're in when the perspective of what you used to prioritize in your life? I guess if I were still in college and I could glimpse myself now mm -hmm. back from the past, I would tell myself. It was so much simpler back then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> no real responsibility. What would I tell myself? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what I would tell myself. I'm a little cheeky with myself. <laughs> so I think I'd tell myself, you know, do you still play video games? You should take some time and play some video games. It's probably what I'd tell myself. I mean, on a spiritual like, perspective, though, you know what I yeah, mean? If you, if you in college realized that you today were going to have so much but feel so empty inside i would, I would probably i i would probably having so much tell myself nothing, i'd probably tell myself to read the same chapter with you of the bible oh and pray over that chapter and try to understand where we are together spiritually through said chapter yeah and i'd probably choose something out of isaiah you know, God, God showing Isaiah the future of, of belief, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, pr I'd probably start there, uh, Isaiah three or something like that. 
That's probably where I'd. That's probably what I would tell myself. Hmm. I'd be like, "You guys need to read this chapter separate, and then come together and try to figure out where you where you both are spiritually." Hmm. Yeah, that's. At the end of the day, I feel like you're when you read the Bible and you put yourself in a place of prayer, then you're 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 allowing some introspection to come into your life. You're allowing some a pause. You're slowing down to really think and listen right mm -hmm. i think that when we when we listen i think we get answers you know and i feel like and so from my perspective as your wife it's interesting to watch you go through this one part of me just wants to say like wake up like you know how to handle this like pray yeah. about this right you know and i just want to kind of like be like kind of shake you like come on this is this is this is like this is elementary for you like this is who you've always been this is this but is... i want to i want to encourage you not to to put you down but maybe help you walk this path that you need to walk to kind of get to get you know well this is this is like what 90s pastors would say is the god-shaped hole you know in your life yeah you remember, <laughs> remember that, that. Yeah, you remember yeah, that yeah, lesson yeah. we all have a hole in our heart and we only god can fill it's it. a god-shaped hole yeah, and yeah. You, you try to fill it with with music and uh, you try to fill it with relationships and it just doesn't work. The only thing that's going to fit in that God-shaped hole is God. I didn't know you went to a Southern Baptist church. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> I went to Liberty University. <laughs> Jerry Falwell Jr. And, just no, don't go to any pool parties. He didn't talk like that. Too. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's move on. Um, anyway, I don't know. That's, that's my... I, I don't... And I'm not sitting here saying that I have much more purpose or contentment than you do right now. I feel like I'm, for both of us, we're radically different people than we yeah, were we in are. college. We haven't had nearly the amount of time that we need to sit and kind of reflect and, and, and let our life kind of be filled with that guidance and that direction that I'm talking about. I'm speaking, I think, as much to myself here as I am to you, that we're missing something right now. And we, even though we have so much going for us, we're still missing something. Yeah. Yeah, we are. So. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is, you know, spiritual cohesion, understanding yourself spiritually, mm -hmm. and then understanding your spouse spiritually. It's very, very important. And then having that spiritual fulfillment if we, if we could if we were if we could be in college and have pretty much nothing and be as contented and happy as we were yeah with a sense of purpose with a sense of joy you know then then i think that that goes to show that that doesn't it doesn't really matter where you are or what you have you know it's it's what's going on inside is what's going to determine the quality yeah. of everything for you and we can have that again we can have that again yeah, we can. We can. But it's scary. It's scary. It takes dedication. It's scary. It takes saying, I'm going to carve out some time in my day right now, maybe before the kids get up, which, geez, I don't want to do that because I'd like to sleep. <laughs> right. Well, we carved this much time. You know, wait, you're right. We did. But, you know, to carve out time in your day to say, I'm going to sit and be quiet and, and even scarier, I'm going to sit and be vulnerable. And I think that's kind of what you alluded to in the beginning. What if you sit and you feel like, you know, God's showing you something about uh, I, I just being vulnerable, like something in your heart that you're like, oh, I, you know, I'm frustrated over this or I feel like God wants me to do this or I need to carve out time to do this or 
something scary. Like, I really feel like it'd be best for our family if maybe I did quit my job. Like, oh, that'd be, that would be scary, you know? Yeah, but, it's scary. And that's how God works. In the scary. And I think, in the scary. I think, I think that's a part of the fear for me uh, because I've seen how God works. I've experienced how God works. Mm -hmm. He's radical. He's Absolutely. a radical being. Absolutely. So, the Bible is full uh, of radical I, stories. I would even say entity, not even being. He's a radical entity. Like, you know, like, okay, we're making $95,000 a year. I went to college for youth ministry. Yeah. And my heart was dead set on youth ministry until I started to get burned by churches. Yeah. And just feeling totally, uh, totally like their priorities aren't straight. Yeah. What's that? What if what if I what if I'm like, okay, God, change me. I'm gonna be totally vulnerable. Change my heart, change my life, change my ways, and God comes down and he's like, I need you to quit your job and I need you to become a youth pastor. <laughs> I'm like, dude, dude, no. <laughs> you know? Do you see like, what we have right I've now? I've got a good thing going here, God. <laughs> yeah, as much as I and yeah, he's the cosmic that. he's the cosmic entity that understands everything and everyone and knows a hundred percent what's best. And even though I know that, him telling me to do that, I'm like Abraham. I'm like, no, like you're wrong. Well, no, you know? you'd be like you'd be like Jonah and the whale, yeah. right? Well Jonah him. ran. Jonah ran from God's calling. True. The difference is Abraham is like, God, why are you doing this? <laughs> God, this isn't. But he did it. Yeah, of course. See, Abraham listened, but Abraham's like, like, you know, when. This when, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you're right. This is like tying conversations from last night. But yeah, it's like me telling God, no, you're wrong. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, well, you're wrong. I mean, the thing about. The thing about any of this is, like, the reason the reason I find the Bible fascinating is because it's full of stories where people... God literally told Abraham, get up and walk and just go. Just start walking for God knows how long because back then there was no transportation really other than, like, walking or riding a camel or something. But God was like, go. In this general direction, go. And when I tell you to, you can stop and set up shop and that will be your land. And it's like... What does he even tell his family? Ah, I'm leaving. Where? I don't know. How long? I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. Right? But God's radical, like you said, like that. And then that's where big things happen. So we can live our life safely or we can live our life radically. And I think the difference between the two, the biggest difference is your sense of contentment and joy. Yeah. Because as much as if, if, if God's want, calling us to be a youth pastor and we do that, I think that we would be a lot happier than where you are now, if that's yes. what your calling is. Yes. So you could have everything you have right now, great house, great income, great job, right? Great job, more or less, and um, not be happy. Or you could do something that you're being called to that you feel like you were made for and be happy and have half of what we have right now, yeah. but be happy, right? And so I think that only comes down to finding what your calling is, you know? That's yeah. where the true happiness is going to come. And that's where once you do have that sense of contentment, just like when we were in college, it didn't matter what we had. We were content. We were happy. Yeah, that's true. So I'm speaking to myself here. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. I think of that Jim Gaffigan joke about circumcision, you know, yeah. where, you know, uh, 
Abraham's wife, like, what did you do? <laughs> it's like, oh, here's the thing. God told me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, jeez. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done. And there's a lot of questions of what you're willing to give up. Are you willing to give up your whole entire life in order to pursue that cosmic happiness? The overarching... The cosmic calling. Cosmic calling. An overarching happiness where you're actually doing what God has built you to do, regardless if you're going to make money or not, or going to have stuff or not. You know what I mean? I like, think... Are you willing to give that up? Are you willing to give your stuff up in order to do that? I think some of the most radical people in this world started by doing something that didn't make any sense yeah. because there was a drive in them. I it's think true. a divine calling in them that said, this is what, you know, this is what, you know, and, and I, it sounds crazy, but I think it's worth being crazy if in the end you you're you're happy or content at least you know if you yeah. feel, if it's worth being crazy if that's where the real life is going to be if you're i don't think real life is doing what's safe real life is doing what's potentially crazy yeah you know i think i mean we moved out here to mexico and i know a lot of people who didn't agree with it and probably still don't but I think it was exactly what we needed to do. And has it, has it been easy? No. But I, I feel like our lives have been changed in more ways than I can ever count. Our lives are being shaped in more ways that can ever count. And I feel like I feel like our time out here is coming to an end and it's going to be time to move back. Or it is time to move back. But moving out here, I think, was absolutely insane. But will, has forever made our life for the better. Yeah. No regrets on that one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, I think we should end it there. We're just under an hour. So I would say it's a good place to end. I mean, I have to get ready for work. Yeah. So. I can't believe we got an hour. Jeez. That's, that's the, amazing. That's the podcast. Thank um, you for listening. Thank Yeah. Thanks very much for listening. And um, if you have any questions or you want to reach out to us, you know, go ahead and drop a voice message. I set up voice messages on Spotify. And I think you have voice messages on like iTunes and stuff or just shoot me an email, yeah. you know, Derek Corval at gmail.com, D-E-R-E-K-K-O-R-V-A-L at gmail.com. Yeah, send me, send me an email, you know, I'd love to hear your responses if you have any. If this podcast um, didn't make any sense to you or just sounded weird, let us yeah, know. Let us know that too, because we're still new at this. Yeah. But it's wonderful to talk to you guys or talk at you guys. And um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.